Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Helen. And this is the Squiggly Careers Podcast, where every week we take a different topic to do with work and we share some ideas and some tools that we hope will help you to navigate that squiggly career with just that bit more confidence, clarity and control. And before we get started with this week's episode, which is all about how to release your rebel, we just want to let you know about an exciting thing we've got coming up on the podcast, which is a bit of a takeover. So in August, it won't be the normal one episode every Tuesday. Instead, we are launching the Squiggly Careers Skill Sprint. It's 20 episodes, so one for every weekday in August, and each episode is only seven minutes long. We focus on a specific skill like feedback, leadership, conversations, assertiveness. And in the episodes, we talk about what the skill is and why it matters for your squiggly career, an idea for action from each of us, and a go-to guru and another squiggly episode if you want to learn a bit more and dive a bit deeper. It is designed to help you create a bit of learning momentum. And so we would love it if you signed up for the sprint. So you want to come and learn with us. We'll put the links on the show notes to this. And you can also get in touch with us, Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com and we will send you the link. And also worth following Amazing If on LinkedIn because that's where we're going to put all the conversations. So every day we'll kind of connect the community who are part of the skill sprint there. And we'll talk about what other advice or insights you might have on that skill and just basically help everyone stick to their sprint and create a squiggly skills streak. And so today's episode, as we said, we're talking about rebellion. And this was really inspired by a brilliant article by an academic called Francesca Gino. And she talks about something called rebel talent, that if you want people to be engaged, you've got to let people kind of break the rules and create an environment where it's okay to disagree and to do things differently. And this got us thinking about careers career ladders are all about conformity. So developing in one direction, we're all trying to do the same thing at the same time in the same way. And we work hard for the promise of promotion and making progress on the next rung of the ladder. And there's lots around us that reinforce that career ladder, despite all our work on squiggly careers. I saw another article last week on careers where there's like another career article, another ladder at the top of the article. I saw something that said, what's the next step in your squiggly career? And I was like, no, I did not talking about steps. I'm I'm really glad you're supporting squiggly, but like, let's lose the word step. So yeah, there's loads, there's lots still to, there's lots of us still to work on. And even beyond careers and career constructs there are sort of social norms that you know feel familiar for all of us so that need to fit in people pleasing so not feeling like we can be ourselves in our organizations and in our roles and therefore we sort of become a bit 
sheep-like you know we sort of all follow each other and, and do the same thing whether it's down to you know how we dress going to work or just the fact how we show up so you feel like you can't disagree or even have a different point of view and I guess when we're thinking about what it means to be a rebel, I have to say, I was I was mentioning to some friends that we were going to do this episode, Sarah, and they were like, they said to me, Helen, you don't need any help to be a rebel. Sarah might really? need some help to be a rebel, but they were like, like, you don't need any help to be a rebel. I know. But I think that's because people think about rebellion as sort of, you know, being a bit naughty. But it's not really about that. It's not what we were saying. It's not really about breaking rules. It's not about going rogue in an organisation. When you look at some of the, the research behind this, like the stuff that Sarah was mentioning, it's referred to as constructive non-conformity. So it's not just breaking rules for the sake of it or being really disruptive just because you can, because that would be unconstructive non-conformity. It's more about thinking about useful rebellion. So where is this actually sort of better for you and better for the business, but it might be different to what's currently being done. That's what we're talking about. You are sort of the person that's spotting the opportunity for something different to be done and then you have the confidence to make that happen and that means that you can sometimes be more authentic at work because you know those ideas that you've got those insights that you might have you're not scared to share them it probably means that you might be going against the crowd sometimes because not everyone is doing this all the time but that can often make you to stand out because you'll be the person who is challenging the status quo and I've done this in companies I feel like I've actually been hired to do this there was one organisation that I worked for where there was just a lot of conformity, a huge amount of conformity. And I think the part of the reason that I was hired was because I was, in their minds, a bit of a rebel. I didn't have the same career journey, didn't have the same experience. I didn't kind of show up in the same way. And I think they wanted that difference. And what I would say is it can be quite hard to do this. So it, it definitely... It definitely accelerated my career in that organisation. I definitely made change happen. But I would say it can feel like it takes a lot of energy. And we've got some ideas for you that will help later so you don't feel like you're going alone on this. But sometimes being a rebel in an organisation that's very used to conformity can feel quite difficult to do. But if you can do it, you can make a big difference to that business and it can have a big benefit for your development as well. So Helen, listening to you then, it's, it sounds to me like you're, you're sort of self-identifying potentially <laughs> as, a, as a natural rebel. So if you were reflecting on your squiggly career so far um, on a sort of conformity at one end and rebellion at the other end of a scale, where do you think you fit on that scale? And do you think it's changed over time or do you think it stayed quite consistent? I think... If I don't think about rebels as breaking rules, because that doesn't really that doesn't really resonate, if I think about it as being non-conformist in my career, I would put myself quite high up at that scale. So I haven't stuck at a particular profession, like I moved from sales to innovation to marketing. I did not stick around in a particular industry. I moved when I think other people would have been afraid to, because I was sort of confident in, in my talents rather than titles. So I knew that I was bringing to an organisation. If I think about when I left Microsoft to like work on amazing if full time that was 2018 and that was way before we were ready <laughs> we did not have <laughs> we did not have a business then so i think actually i would put myself quite high up at that scale but i think i've got increasingly confident with it so i probably i don't think i was maybe lower than five ever but i've got increasingly confident with non-conformity because i've seen the difference it's made to my development like I'm really happy I can see the value I can bring when I'm non-conformist and I can see like the the benefit it's had for the organizations that I've worked in what about you 
So one of the things that I was wondering is whether it's harder to be a youthful rebel when you're in the earlier stages of your career. You know, when you're still figuring out like how to navigate work and your organization and you're probably still increasing your self-awareness, you perhaps don't know yourself that well yet because you've not had lots of experiences to draw from because when I think back to my career and that might not be true I I don't know I'll be be interested to hear from people listening but in my early career I think my conformity was really high so I definitely just I worked very hard to fit in and would never consider challenging the status quo um but you did do you not look at boots when you went totally like rebel I was gonna say rope I'll say rebel and you created your own role in a different company that nobody had done before like that's that was rebel and you were like 19 (laughs) yeah it's a really interesting one isn't it and I do wonder whether um because then when we were preparing for this podcast because we do we do prepare everybody um and we were both thinking of examples which we'll talk about in a second of like when we've been rebellious I just wonder whether in some ways this word gets in my way because Mm. to your point I'm like oh I do quite like a rule I'm good I'm good at following rule I'm definitely not a rule breaker I'd feel really uncomfortable breaking rules and I suppose you can't help but think back to times in your career where maybe you felt like you weren't yourself or you weren't challenging the status quo as much as you could have in hindsight I think as I was going through this I was actually beating myself up a bit and thinking oh "Oh, I spent a reflective rebel yeah, yeah, I know. I was like, oh, I spent too long, like not rebe- not rebelling and I should have done it more. But then actually to your point, I think I might have more examples than I'm giving myself credit for. Well, if so... you haven't got them, I can give you them because I've known yeah, you for yeah. a very long time you... and I can well, probably spot them for you. Well, that's interesting though, isn't it? Because like that one you just described, I had completely forgotten about that or I hadn't really thought of that. You know, it, that didn't kind of pop into mind, partly because it is so long ago. But there are other examples. So things like, you know, I worked a four-day week at a time when it was a very unusual thing to do. That sort of non-conformity, kind of going against organisational norms. Obviously, together, we started a side project. And I actually started a lot of side projects. I did a lot of stuff on the side. We've both negotiated time off for learning when we wanted to learn and do different things. Even when we started Amazing If... I don't think we ever sort of said it really explicitly, but just sort of from day one, we were like, we're just not going to use PowerPoint. We're never going to use slides. And we haven't used a single slide, as far as I know, in any career development workshop or presentation or anything that we do since 2013. And I remember when I was at Microsoft, I think when did I I started writing for Marketing Week, maybe when I was at Virgin. And Virgin just sort of let me do everything, really. I feel like that is a company of natural rebels. And I was in that centre. But Microsoft, less... (laughs) less like that and so I remember when they were like oh well obviously you write for a um a publication so we're gonna have to approve that and I was like oh that's interesting (laughs) I just never ever let them approve anything because I knew I wasn't saying anything that was going to be you know bad about the brand or the business of course I would never say anything like that and so I just thought I don't want another like hurdle in the way of, of kind of getting my words out into the world so I'm just gonna do it and you know that's sort of like the What's that thing about the the seeking forgiveness, don't ask for permission, that that saying? I definitely, I think the rebel has that approach. Like, you know, don't ask for permission, just seek forgiveness. It's that sort of, I think, part of the rebellious mindset. And I think it is important to recognise the difference between being a useful rebel and an unhelpful rebel. So 
when you're a useful rebel, you're being really proactive and you're solving problems, you're using your strengths to challenge the status quo or do things differently. Perhaps you are creating new roles and projects, as Helen described. I've sort of forgotten, but I have actually done that a couple of times. Maybe you're bringing kind of new insights and ideas from outside your organisation into your organisation, being really curious. I think all of those are characteristics of kind of useful non-conformity. I think when you're being an unhelpful rebel, it feels a bit more random and rogue, essentially. So maybe you're sort of forcing your point of view in a way that isn't useful or you're being disruptive for the sake of it or making it too much about you and your ego rather than why is this useful for my team and my organization and actually I don't know if you thought the same Helen but as I read this I can pinpoint unhelpful rebels that I've worked with me too I was literally just thinking like (laughs) scanning across my people and thinking oh yeah that was an unhelpful rebel definitely (laughs) yeah yeah and I think it's often because those people Maybe they've got some of the kind of personality traits that you need to be a useful rebel, but maybe they've not quite found a way of doing it yet. Because mm-hmm. actually often I do think with those people, I'm like, oh, they're prepared to speak out and they don't mind disagreeing. But often they do it in a way where it then becomes, you know, like almost destructive. And then they actually stop having impact. I see that those people often don't have that greater impact or influence in organisations. I think there's a matrix in this. <laughs> my my favourite statement. Is it, is it a rebel matrix? Could, yes. it, could, it not be, could it not be a two by two? Could it have more than four boxes? What would happen if it's a matrix very, had more than four boxes? It's very anti-rebel, isn't it, to have like a two by two? have a matrix, it, have really, a matrix. Is. it really is. But just bear with me. Um, I think that the random rogue ones, they've, quite, they've got quite a lot of confidence in their yes. rebellious nature. I can, if I see it, I'm going to say it, I'm going to do it because I can but I don't think they've got necessarily a lot of competence in how you um you manage those messages with people how you use other people's words to support your work I don't think that you know that's quite a lot of competence in well how do I understand and influence other people and I think what we're trying to get to is this bit where you've got that competence of understanding and being able to influence other people and then that confidence of that rebel when you bring those two things together I think that's that's where you kind of making making this really effective. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Thank you. 
So we've got a few ideas for action now that we're going to talk through about how to be a useful rebel. And I was thinking about these and thinking, oh God, I hope someone doesn't try these. And then they like email us <laughs> going, yeah, I got fired because of this. I don't think any of them are um, that dramatic as scenarios. Hopefully there is something here where you think, okay, yeah, I could do that. And that would feel something that might be helpful for me and helpful for my team and organisation. I think that's the win-win that we're looking for here. So idea number one is to find freedom within existing frameworks. So you don't have to start everything from scratch and launch a brand new idea to your business. A framework, when, we, when we're saying frameworks, we mean like a standard way of doing something in your company. And everyone has sort of like standard ways of running meetings or sending weekly updates or whatever goes on repeatedly I often think about what are those repeated moments or communications that are happening in your company those are the ones to look at and when you're looking at those things what we're trying to do is think well what could you do to make it that little bit different that little bit better because that's the kind of the freedom that you're going to access so for example in a weekly team meeting maybe you could take ownership of one element of the agenda maybe it's the you know it's going to be the the curiosity input like the insight in the meeting or something where you're bringing the insight from outside the company inside the company I think Sarah used to do this at Sainsbury's your meerkat moments at Sainsbury's yeah, yeah. like kind of getting your head out of the busyness of the business and bringing something new in maybe you own the meerkat moment in the meeting or maybe what you do is you find freedom within that framework the meeting being an example you say oh let's rotate roles so everyone gets a more of a chance to speak mm. up and there's a really good book called Creative Acts for Curious People that we've talked about on the podcast before. And there are some really nice ideas in there for how you could inject more creativity into those meetings and moments. And so it might be a project status report. Maybe you're going to redesign that in Canva in some creative way rather than using the standard PowerPoint slide that goes out. Maybe it's the way you do feedback. Like if that is something that happens frequently in the business and it's normally done on some internal tool, maybe you could experiment with doing what worked well, even better if. As, a, as an alternative approach but look at what already happens they're your frameworks and then think about how could I do this differently to make it more useful and better for everybody and here if you're in a leadership role or you're managing teams and this is inspired by um, Francesca Gino's article when you sort of read through the work and the research she's done in organizations make sure you give a lot of clarity on the what and often the what is more fixed you know sort of what needs to happen what needs to get done but you can give a lot of freedom on the how like how people go about making that thing happen and that's where you give people the chance to challenge the status quo so just because we've always done it in this way doesn't mean that we have to keep doing it in this way yes we need to get to an outcome but how we get to that outcome maybe you've got a completely different idea or perspective so both as an individual you might find there's more freedom to rebel in the house but also that might be an opportunity for you to create that freedom for other people too so our second idea for action is defining your own why behind your work so these are sometimes described as personal mission statements and they're just one or two sentences that you need to create for yourself so kind of no one else can do this for you because you need to feel ownership and also they need to feel like they work for you and they describe your own reason for doing a role so sort of your connection with the job that you do and so I was reading one really good example of this by a company called Morningstar and their founder is Chris Ruffer and before I tell you what they do I'm just going to read his personal mission statement because it really made me smile so his is to advance tomato technology to be the best in the world and operate these factories so they are pristine. 
So this guy runs a tomato company. And I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> I really enjoyed it as an example. But then they also share some other examples from people who do very different jobs. I mean, most examples do have tomatoes. Tomatoes do feature in them. But this is really thinking about, I guess, how you create something that works for you. And so I was having a go at this because I was like, oh, does this work when as co-founders of a company together, we talk about our role is to make squiggly careers better for everyone. But actually, when I wrote this for myself in my own way, I came up with to create useful ideas to support everyone to succeed in their squiggly career. So, you know, you can connect the dots between our mission as a company, but also what you start to see in there is some of our company values, some of my individual values, as well as obviously squiggly careers, which is probably what you'd expect to see. But the reason this helps you to rebel a bit more is it just gives you a sense of what's most important to you and what matters to you. And then almost like how you might rebel, given that is what you are here to do. If I think then something isn't going to be useful for someone's squiggly career, it gives me a bit of a framework maybe to say, okay, well, you know, I want to challenge that idea or I want to challenge the status quo of how we usually help people with their careers because maybe we don't need to always do things in the same way in terms of ladder-like learning or ladder-like thinking. Helen, what do you reckon you'd come up with? Well, I mean, being put on the spot, I was literally grabbed a Sharpie while Sarah's reading hers and I was like, I need to do mine. So this isn't quite right. I I feel like it's missing a few words, but just as a starting point, because I was intrigued to see how different would mine be from you, given that we're driven by very similar things and we do a very similar job. I've written down that it's to bring the energy that unlocks other people's potential because I feel like energy is a really big thing for me. Like a big bit about Mm. me is bringing energy and my the thing that I care really about is like helping other people to be at their best. I like really feel strongly that so many people sit on their potential because they haven't got enough self-belief or they haven't been given the opportunities or, you know, they just need that energy. They just need someone like, like rooting for them and encouraging them and helping them with a matrix. Uh, but so, yeah, I haven't quite... I, I, to bring the energy and the matrices to unlock other people's potential. It is a bit, a bit of refinement, but I think it's really helpful. But I guess the other thing it will help you to do, I think, is maybe give you a bit of confidence and self-belief. It sort of reminds you what's most important to you because I reckon everyone's would have some sort of clues as to what their values might be in those statements. And maybe if you're sort of doubting yourself, like, oh, should I challenge this? Or, oh, should I just go with, you know, what everybody else thinks? Maybe it just gives you a bit of an anchor to keep coming back to. Might just be worth having a go at. I never think you should try and craft these things or spend too much time on them. I think actually the best way to do this is exactly what Helen did. Just do it in two minutes and just see where you get to. It might not be perfect. You might not want to say it out loud straight away, but I bet you'll get further than you imagined by doing it actually quite quickly yeah and I feel like just in having done it really quickly Sarah I can see the words that are right there's potentials mm. right energy's right and then I'm like oh there's some of the bits that are missing and that's fine you just play around with it and you, you get to it but um I, I do think the more you can say it out loud even to yourself the more you'll kind of get that feel of is is this me is this me is this who I am and who I want to be so idea number three is to join or create your own non-conformist community, your team of fellow rebels. And the reason this helps is what I said earlier. It can be quite hard to do this on your own because you can feel like a bit of an outlier or maybe a bit of an outsider. And actually having some other people who are also sort of these rebels who want to do something different that's better for the business or kind of whatever it's better for, it, it can give you the confidence and the support that you might need. So like I remember, for example when I mentioned that company that I was brought in for 
there were some other people that joined not too long after me. So the company was obviously on a mission to bring in some people from outside to change some stuff up. And when I felt like I was doing it on my own, that felt quite hard. But when I suddenly found these other sort of new people, we became like a small group within a very large company. But it was really, really helpful because we were all spotting the same things. We were all encouraging people to have, uh, encouraging each other really to have the conversations that we intuitively thought were the right things. But it was quite nice to have somebody giving you a bit bit of a boost. And, and they can be like, that was one that I created with other new people who I could see had that same sort of inner rebel that they've been brought in to change things. It could be employee resource groups. They're often about changing things. You'll often find people who are passionate about the same thing within those communities and companies. Or it could be outside, outside too. You might find communities will give you confidence outside of your company that can help you to be more of a rebel inside of your company. And don't forget, we've got communities too. Like be part of like the Swiss <laughs> Careers community. Like we've got, people could just join ours. Like join the skills sprint, everybody. That's a community of people who are rebelling against ladder-like learning because you're going to do seven minutes a day with us. But, you know, join one of ours or create your own whatever works but try not to do this stuff on your own I think is the main the main message there and there is even one community that actually calls itself (laughs) the rebel book club I really like that community we followed them we know some of the people involved in that they choose a book I think the community chooses a book they have two or three to vote from and yeah everybody reads it and they get together and again I think the other one that actually I would look at is Corporate Rebels. Great book. You can follow them and, and the work that they do. So, you know, sometimes people even explicitly are, you know, naming themselves as like, well, we want to be rebellious. You know, people like Sam Conniff, Be More Pirate. That's a relatively rebellious stall to set out, isn't it? To like, <laughs> be more pirate. Um, so I think you can you can start to find the people who maybe are natural rebels or who sort of relish rebellion Mm. Um, and they might push you or give you confidence or just get you to think differently and I think I've spent time in all of those different places and all of them I feel like I'm better because of it. I feel like this is like mini profiles emerging where there's the people that are like relentlessly rebellion or reflectively rebellious or regrettably rebellious like which kind of rebel are you? I love it. I feel there's definitely somewhere you're like, they're unknown. They sort of don't know that they're doing it. And it's just really, really unhelpful. (laughs) Uh, So our next idea for action is called provocative prompts. And I think these are particularly powerful when they are led by leaders. Because these, you know, it can be quite hard to be a rebel if you're, as Helen described, in a culture where that's not typical. So you're trying to do something different. And it's where you're sort of trying to create an opportunity to have dissent by default. I I quite like this idea of dissent by default, because I think sometimes we shy away from some of these questions because they feel like they activate the sort of fight or flight response in our brains. And we sort of know that. And we also, we're very empathetic. My observation is in in most organisations, and maybe we're just lucky with the ones that we work with and the people that we work with, people are very empathetic. It's the reason people don't give feedback because, you know, they're so worried about, you know, we want to be really caring and we want to be supportive. So I wonder whether sometimes that actually gets in the way of asking some of these more sort of rebellious questions. But the whole purpose is that we're doing it sort of together. We're not trying to, you know, put anyone in the spot in a way where we're sort of critiquing them as an individual. It's more about trying to be sort of better together. So the ones that I came up with were who would disagree with this? What data do we have that would tell us to do something different? Why do we do this? What are we worst at? What have I done this quarter that I'd change? And what's the opposite point of view? 
And I feel like they're all... I, I, I didn't feel too scared by any of these as someone who likes following the rules. And I, you know, like I said, I'm not sure I, I would be in a kind of natural rebel. I felt all of those... I'd love to hear everyone's point of view when we're working on a project or actually even when we're just thinking about everything that we do as a company, almost practising these provocative prompts. I think if everyone gets more used to hearing them and answering them, you know, it just becomes part of, you know, the how we do things around here. And then I think it becomes way easier. So maybe the first time you do these, you might want to share them with teams beforehand. I'd probably only pick three. I think three is always usually enough. And perhaps you repeat those three. The reason I said led by leaders is I think it's often really helpful if you hear leaders talk about these things first. So, you know, why do we do this? Maybe I might talk about something in Amazing If that I'm very close to or I spend a lot of time on. And maybe the team hear me sort of challenge myself on why do we do a podcast every week? You're like, oh, it's a good question. Like, Why, why do we? We quite enjoy it uh, there like should probably be some more you. reasons and, yeah. and we get ideas when we talk to each other and i always yeah, we feel do. better afterwards that's my reasons but it would be really it'd be equally interesting to say well why wouldn't we do it you know because that, that and, I, and i think it's just and i think often we get quite attached to oh well if we explore something that means that then we have to do it or we have to take things forward but you don't you're just you're just interrogating and you're sort of trying to be almost like rebellious through the questions that you ask what do you think, Helen? Would you be all right with all those questions? I think I'd be, I'd be really interested in them. It reminds me a little bit of Challenge and Build, you know, like creating yes. a safe space for people to critique an idea. And it reminds me a little bit of the, you know, project, I think they're called project pre-mortems. You know, before uh, yeah, a project starts, you're trying, and no, I don't really like it, but it's almost like before the project starts, it's almost like, how can we kill it? And I'm never quite, I'm never quite found a comfortable way to do it but I do quite like the idea of let's think about all the things that could go wrong with this so that then we can preempt them or kind of sort of respond quickly if that stuff does happen but no I like it I think they're good questions we should have more of those in our meetings and idea number five is about knowing showing and scaling your rebel strengths so this is like how do I take what I'm already pretty good at and make it like imagine that was outstanding and in every moment what could that look like so the way to think this through is first of all is the knowing so write down maybe three to five things that you know really make you you things that really give you energy at work in terms of the work that you do so for example connection definitely makes me me I'm very kind of into building relationships and connecting with people pace is one of the things that really makes me me like moving things forward fast is a very kind of Helen thing so you just write yours down then the next one is show so for each of those ones that you've written down on a scale of one to ten write down how present is that in your work today so I would say for example actually connection for me is Mm, it's present in the sessions that we run but I actually probably do quite a lot of my connecting outside of sort of amazing if like because the communities I'm part of and so whereas pace is probably quite a lot of what I do at amazing if moving things forward faster taking Sarah's ideas and putting them into action is is kind of part of our partnership so give yourself a, a score of one to ten and then the scale bit is the bit where I think this gets really interesting because then you're thinking well how could I 10x this like for example my um Sarah probably wouldn't like me to 10x my pace but imagine if I how could I 10x my pacing oh my god can you imagine Sarah I could have no a, a pacey like one day that where I really like it's all about like speed so the rest of the week is like at a normal a normal rate but then like on like a Friday no not a Friday it'd have to be early the Friday like a Thursday I'm like this is the day when 
everything gets supercharged in terms of its delivery and development. I mean, I quite like it. I think you'd be like, I'm not talking to you that entire day. Or connection. (laughs) If I was going to like 10x connection, what would that mean? That would probably mean I started every day with a curious career conversation or I ended every day by connecting two people together. And you don't, I think with this, 10xing it just gets you to the ideas the reality is well what one of those things could I do next week because I think it would be exhausting to 10x your strengths all the time but if you want to be a rebel I think we are trying to get some cut through and so taking what you're already doing and the stuff that you want to be known for and finding some moments to supercharge it a bit that's the stuff that we're looking for with this idea well I guess what's interesting about that is just listening to listening to you there talk about pace is my assumption is the best thing for you would be to sometimes slow down and to find some space but what you could argue is the opposite it's like okay well you're naturally really pacey and so it does feel quite rebellious to go well okay well what happens if you just get faster and speedier what happens if you kind of created that chance to like really kind of put that pace to work in a way where it challenges the status quo, challenges the way that we work at the moment. I think you naturally make some assumptions about kind of right answers or the right approach. And what this gets you to do is go, oh yeah, but there's there's another way of doing this. And like you said, I, I would be fascinated. I mean, I don't know if, I, like you said, I don't know if I want to be with you. Um, <laughs> but if you suddenly went, okay, in a day, I'm going to try and create... 20 new book ideas for example and usually we might be like okay well one or two is enough and even that's a lot of work and you know you sort of um almost you add your constraints before you even get started don't you You can't help but do that I wouldn't bet against you being able to come up with 20 book ideas in a day to be honest if anything that might be conservative I I was about to say it's not the ideas I'd want to be like I'd want to have a 20 page proposals (laughs) that'd be the but I guess that's the point I think this is what's important here is the authenticity it's the knowing bit because I don't think it would be authentic whilst I should slow down sometimes 100% definitely if I'm trying to really like own my rebel like that bit then I think you've got to start with what you already do really well and I don't work slow well that's just not who I am like that might be yours you might Mm. be like well what if I had a whole slow month like would that be a count that'd be counter to our company wouldn't it that'd be but 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 that's that would be quite rebellious because it's sort of counter to the company but actually that's what you already do well you're already thoughtful and reflective and you're already quite focused so you give yourself that like a slow month you could do something really transformative I think if you had a slow month so I, I think you don't don't try to own somebody else's strengths to be a better rebel definitely start with the stuff that you're already quite good at and you want to be known for So a quick summary of five ideas for how you might be an even more useful rebel. One, find freedom within existing frameworks. Two, define your own why behind the work. Three, join or create a non-conformist community. Four, use provocative prompts to get some dissent by default. And five, know, show and scale your rebel strengths. And we will summarise the ideas for action and some of the details in our pod sheet. You can always get that from our website, amazingif.com or in the show notes. And don't forget the Squiggly Career Skill Sprint. I'm going to say that so many times. We've already got like over 500 people signed up for the sprint. So come and join some like-minded learners for seven minutes a day, every weekday in August. And we'll do the rest for you. We'll give you all all the stuff you need to know. You've just got to show up and learn with us. So thank you so much for listening today. As always, if you rate, review and subscribe, we are incredibly grateful and we do read every review and they mean an awful lot to us. But that's all for this week. So bye for now. Bye, everyone.
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 